Sometimes in life we just suffer. Sometimes it's from being totally withdrawn. Or so much stress that we are totally anxious. Or so tired that we are totally burnt out. But our current position is not our final destination. No, indeed. There's hope. So whether it's your personal life, your career, your relationship, your business, or your job, we say there's reason to believe again. And we present from Andy's personal development, the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, and prosperity. Stay tuned for more. Hi, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development. We are currently live in the breakout room with our special guest, Jeff Buna. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of information on him before we introduce him. As you can see him in the studio, ready to go, prepared to do justice to his story, his information. He is an author, a speaker, and coach specializing in self-improvement entrepreneurship. And the main topic supposedly would be on his book, The Sultan's Seven Secrets. Welcome to the program, Jeff Buna. How are you today? I'm doing great, Andy. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate you being on. And you are our sense of inspiration with regards to this amazing program that we know we're going to have. I took time to look at your information and I studied what you spoke about in your book and the experience of this guy, Musa. And it's truly, truly amazing. How did you decide to eventually write this book, Jeff? What was that aha moment that you came to and you said, you know what? I have to put this in writing. It must be a publication. I can tell you the day and the hour. I was <laughs> planning to uh, retire to my farm in Belize and spend the rest of my life enjoying that environment. And I got the strongest feeling while coming out of an event that I couldn't just go off into the sunset mm. having enjoyed this gift that was given to me without sharing it with a lot more people. Now I had shared these seven secrets with a lot of like a hundred people maybe. Yeah. But this feeling was I had to get the word out to millions of people and then I can retire. So that's uh, what I'm trying to do. Okay, great, wonderful. Now, how did that personal experience impact your life personally, individually? Because you spoke about some dynamic changes you made. How did that effect take place? And what did the feeling that you experienced come to so that you made some decisions, you needed to do something more, something better in your life? Wow. Well, look, it, going back 33 years when this came to me, well, 30 years, I was 
just an average guy. I still am. I'm an average guy who's had an extraordinary life because of a gift that someone yeah. else gave me. I yeah. couldn't have figured it out on my own. Mm -hmm. And don't be surprised by that because, as you know, Andy, everything is hard until yeah. somebody shows you the trick. And then it's easy. You know, if you try to do a new career, uh, it's hard until some guy who's done it for 10 years, 20 years, puts his arm around you and says, hey, if you do this first instead of second, or if you, you know, ease up on the tension instead of push yeah. so hard, all yeah. of a sudden it's easy. Right. And somebody did that for me 30 mm. years ago. Wow. So tell us. Tell us about this this great and amazing individual, Musa. I heard about him. I, I looked at history and arguably the richest man that ever lived on yeah. the planet. What was his story like and, and, and how did you get it so revealing onto you? <clears throat> well, this guy's story is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's said to be the richest man to ever walk the earth. Yeah, and to yeah. put that in perspective, you know names like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Well, take their wealth and combine it, and you mm -hmm. come close to Sultan Musa of Mali. Wow. And he lived in the 1300s in West Africa. Mm -hmm. Now, they know how wealthy he was to a degree because someone recorded how much gold and silver and salt he owned. So they can take those measurements and uh, multiply them by today's value of those commodities and yeah. come up with a number. But he had a lot more going on than just gold and silver and salt. He owned land and horses and all kinds of stuff. So he really was unbelievably wealthy. Okay, But he didn't start out that way. And this is where the story gets really interesting. As a very young boy, his father passed away. Mm -hmm. And in the 1300s in West Africa, if your father died when you were young, you were in trouble. Yeah. And Musa was in trouble. Mm -hmm. This event plunged him and his mother into unbelievable poverty. The kind that wow. even if you think you're poor... You can't really relate to this yeah. kind of poverty. He had to steal food just to stay alive. His mother couldn't guarantee him even one meal a day. Oh. And he became a really good thief. At the age of 12, he fell in with an older thief mm -hmm. who promised him half of the riches of this heist that they ended up pulling off. Uh-huh. But instead of sharing the loot with Musa, as you can imagine, the older thief tried to murder him. He wow. locked him, sealed him in a cave, and left him to die, wow. which he did. And, he, you know, after many days without food, no water, Musa perished, but he had what we call a near-death experience. And in this experience, he encountered a man made of light and love. He didn't name him beyond that. Just a man made of light and love. Yeah. Who taught him all kinds of crazy things about how creation works, how we work, 
how what makes you you and me me and other people their unique personalities and yeah how that all works and musa saw that very clearly he was told that it wasn't his time to die he had to go back and he was going to do something great for his people okay and so he was assured that he'd get out of this cave and the way he found his way out of the cave is in itself a really fantastic story. <laughs> but he figured out that there was another opening and he was able to dig his way out of this cave. But think about it. Here he is, the poorest of men. You know, he's got nothing. He has no father. He has no opportunity. He's got no education. He's now a criminal. He just helped somebody rip off this wealthy family. He's plunged them into poverty. So he has this guilty <laughs> conscience, you know? Yeah. yeah. But he has this unbelievable secret. Mm. Now I call them seven secrets because that's not what he ever said. I broke it down to seven distinct principles. Okay. But he learned how creation worked and he used these principles, these secrets mm -hmm. to rebuild his life until he was the richest man to ever walk the earth, but it wasn't just wealth. His love affair with his sweetheart was uh, the thing of legends. He was unbelievably generous. He gave away so much gold at one point on his way to Mecca, passing through Egypt, that it collapsed the Egyptian economy for <laughs> two years. Wow. <laughs> That's how much money he gave away. Wow, incredible. The people loved him. Uh, he was very wise. Now, he was unbelievably dedicated to this man made of light and love. Mm -hmm. And that meant he was really benevolent. He just wanted to help. And by the way, he recompensed the family that he helped steal right. their wealth. Right. right. He gave them back 10 times the amount of gold wow. that the other thief basically stole from them. Yeah. So he was a good guy. You know, by any judgment. <laughs> that is an amazing story, Jeff. And, and you seem to be very versed and familiar with the nuance. And I'm getting so much coming out of it. But what I want to really focus on is the fact that you were able to take the basic principles learned from this guy, studied from this guy, and you broke down them into seven secrets. Yeah. What is most outstanding about the principles that you got from this guy? Well, I'm going to talk to you about one of the secrets that is really the key to all the rest. Yeah. So in this manuscript, when I came across these writings, and the story of how that happened is in the book, so I'm not going to rehash it here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there's something called the language of the gods. Mm -hmm. And Musa said that anyone who speaks this language, mm -hmm. whatever you say, the world obeys your commands. Okay. Okay, so here I am, 33 years old. I'm a concrete contractor. I'm very unhappy with my life. I'm exhausted. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm making money, but as long as things didn't go wrong, I'd be all right. But a lot of mm -hmm. things did go wrong, so I wasn't all right. I had a lot of debt. I was just very unhappy with my life. And that's when I came across these writings. And here in black and white, 
is this language of the gods. And if you speak it, the world obeys your commands. Mm -hmm. So that got my interest. You know, my ears are poking straight up. I'm like, yeah, tell me how to speak it. Uh -huh. But Andy, I was certain that he wouldn't tell me that the writings would just talk about his great life and never get around to telling me how to speak this language. Mm -hmm. Or I thought, if he does tell me, it's going to be something hard or something I can't do, and I'm going to be really disappointed. But in that very first several pages, he did tell me how to speak it. And it wasn't hard. In fact, simplest thing in the world to do, except yeah. that it goes against our training and what mm -hmm. the world kind of tells us uh, what to do to succeed. So there was right. that. But I'm going to tell you guys exactly how to speak this language, and you won't have to take my word for it. If you'll speak this language, you'll prove to yourself that it works. Mm -hmm. Now, this language has nothing to do with the words that come out of your mouth, okay? So, but you're speaking it right now, and the world is obeying your commands. You've put yourself exactly where you are, and I know sometimes that's the bad news, mm -hmm. but the good news is if you put yourself where you are by speaking this language, you can put yourself anywhere you want to be. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a little taste. Okay. Mm -hmm. Andy, yeah. so I'm a 60 to $80,000 a year concrete guy. Uh huh. I start speaking this language of the gods sort of tentatively at first. I was afraid I'd be disappointed, so I didn't go all in on it. But I started speaking it about things that didn't matter all that much. And weird coincidences started popping up. Hmm. And I wasn't convinced on the first one or even the 10th one. But at some point, these coincidences kept popping up and they matched exactly the feelings that admitted when I spoke this language of the gods. And so at some point I was like, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm making these things happen. Mm -hmm. And if I can make little things happen, I can make big things happen. And yeah. I was hit with an overwhelming feeling of personal power that I've never felt before. Right. And that's what I want for all of your listeners. I want you to speak this language. I'm going to tell you how to do it today. And prove to yourself that weird things are going to start happening that match what you're saying in this language. Wow. Incredible stuff. <laughs> I want to go back to, to Sultan uh -huh. Musa of Mali and tell you one thing I haven't told you yet. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Jeff. He is the author of the fairy tale that we all know about, Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. Yeah. And Antoine Gallant, who published it, was honest about this. He said he never wrote the story. He just translated it from ancient Arabic texts okay. written by Sultan Musa of Mali. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take you through the first three elements, the main three elements of that story. And in doing that, teach you how to speak the language of the gods and tell you how it works so that you understand that. Now, he embedded the secrets to his success in this fairy tale literally to save his own life. Mm. Because you didn't just come out in the 1300s and say, hey, I died yesterday. 
But then I came back to life. And by the way, I, I met this godly being who taught me stuff that our ancient, our, our uh, scholars know nothing about. As you can imagine, that's an easy way to get yourself in trouble. Killed. Maybe yeah. even killed if you push yeah. it too far. Exactly. He used this fairy tale as a segue. He taught these principles far and wide. It's actually said of him that he started construction on a new school every Friday. Wow. <laughs> and in these schools, he taught these principles. Wow. And these principles lifted the entire Mali kingdom out of poverty and into incredible wealth in a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. So what he did in his personal life, he was able to do with the whole kingdom by teaching people how to speak this language. So I tell you that because let's go through the three elements of the story. Okay. First, you've got Aladdin, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Aladdin represents the conscious mind, that part of you that you think of as you. But there's another part of you. The all-powerful genie represents something that Musa called the veiled mind. Mm. Now, thankfully, everybody listening is probably, you know, familiar with something called the subconscious mind. If they weren't, this might be a little harder to explain. But I'm going to use the veiled mind and the subconscious mind interchangeably. They're basically the same thing. And Musa said, the, there is a mechanism that absolutely controls and steers your life, and it's this veiled mind that he equated to an all-powerful genie who can get you anything you want if you know how to summon it and you know how to command it in the only language it obeys. Wow. That brings us to the magic lamp. Mm -hmm. Magic lamp represents this language of the gods. It's a piece of knowledge, a piece of understanding about the communication that's always taking place between the conscious and the subconscious mind. And remember, the subconscious mind is running the show. Yeah, yeah. It can get you anything you want, but it will do anything you command it, whether you command it in a positive way or a negative way. Mm -hmm. It's just a willing servant. <laughs> and remember, the genie only says two things. The genie, one is a question. What do you want? What is wanted? Yeah. Okay, the second thing is a statement. Your wish is my command. Right. So the veiled mind, your veiled mind, your subconscious mind is always asking, what do you want? And you're always answering in the language of feelings, not words, not even mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. Feelings is the language of the gods. Okay. Now don't, don't gloss over this. Don't think, oh yeah, <laughs> feelings. You know? No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh -huh. Your subconscious mind that's running the show, that yeah. is the mechanism that's controlling your life listens to your feelings, mm -hmm. believes them, every one of them all the time. It believes yeah. them. And then whatever it believes to be true about you, mm -hmm. or in other words, the role you're playing, yeah. 
Yeah. It will make true in your physical world. All right. Yeah. Manifest so you are in charge. Yeah. You just haven't been taught yet to seize control of the way you feel. Wow. Now, we're going to go deeper into this because it's not easy to change your feelings. Mm -hmm. Reality right now is staring you in the face and it's dictating how you feel. And your subconscious mind hears those feelings and then keeps your life congruent with them, which keeps reality basically the same as always. You get yeah. the same results day in, day out. Mm -hmm. And you wonder why you can't change anything. Well, I'm going to tell you how to change everything. Now, I, I don't know if I, I was going to give you a little taste of what happened to me when I started speaking this language, because eventually I went hog wild speaking it and wow. everything changed for me very rapidly. One of the things that I spoke the language about was finances because I was drowning in finances as a concrete guy. You know, I did okay, but I just wasn't getting to where I wanted to be. I wanted to take care of my family in a much more satisfying way. And I just couldn't. Mm. Soon as I started speaking the language of the gods, flooding my subconscious mind with the feelings that match the life I wanted. So feelings of wealth, prosperity, yeah. Yeah. you know, just tons of money coming in from all over the place. Mm -hmm. Within a very short period of time, really, I met a new partner. He had half of a business. I had the other half. This business just came to me from out there. Hmm. We're going to talk about how that works. But very quickly, instead of making 60000 a year, I was making like three times that much every single month. In fact, it got to be where I had so much money coming in. I was trying to put it places and figure it all out that I actually used the first three of the seven principles to slow things down a little bit. It was just too overwhelming. Mm. But that's how powerful this is. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Hey, Jeff, I want to show you something. And, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you speak so much about this in-depth language of the gods. And it reminds me of so many things that I have heard that are quite similar, not exactly the same. Yeah. But I just want to share this with you. And of course, the audience will see. And um, it's this is the cover, right? Yes. The Sultan's Seven Secrets. Here's a question. What made you use this cover as the one that would go out on the publication? What was the motivating force behind you using this particular cover? Musa is a figure in history. I didn't know that until uh, a couple of years ago, even though I had been practicing his principles for 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, this is an artist's rendition of the actual Musa. So this is uh, the artist's idea of what Musa actually looked like. Okay. okay. He grew up in West Africa, Ghana, that area. And uh, there's all kinds of sketches of him. Mm -hmm. But this is a modern uh, depiction of what he might have looked like. Okay. And so I just bought that and used it. 
<laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I thought it looked great. It. You know, it looks like it. a total stud. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's really fantastic. It's a striking. <clears throat> excuse me. It's a striking image. Yeah. And it it sort of helps you to go back in time. It transports you to a place where you have to start imagining things. I like it as well. Yeah. How I want people... to talk to you about imagining. Yeah. But I want you to ask this I want you to answer this question first. How did people begin to respond when they started seeing the changes, obviously, <laughs> in your life? Yep. What was the feedback that you got? Well, it wasn't good. Uh, so people have you pigeonholed. They have you uh -huh. pegged where it's comfortable for them. Uh -huh. From the very first day you get here, people start telling you who you are, what group you belong to, how we act and think in that group, and they enforce it. Mm. And I came from a background of, you know, I lived in a farming community and we bragged about how hard we worked. Mm -hmm. We'd even talk about how many bales we touched at the end of each summer, you know, and we we felt like the only honorable way to make money was with hard manual labor, okay. you know, working for it. And people who didn't make their money that way, they were shysters. They were slick willies. We had all kinds of names for them, city right. slickers. Mm -hmm. So that was a subconscious belief in me. Wow. And it had to change for me to change. Okay. But speaking the language of the gods is how you change subconscious beliefs. It's how you tell your subconscious mind what to believe about you. And when you tell it in the language of feelings, it believes it. And it will change its beliefs based on the change in your feelings, the feelings you're washing over it, if you will. Right. So there's a period of transformation. Yes. And a lot of people don't like it because think about your friends, if they're very comfortable with you and they're poor and you're poor and because you're poor, they feel okay about being poor, but yeah. now you're not poor anymore. You're really wealthy. You're driving around in a new Mercedes Benz and building a big home. Well, how does that make them feel? Mm. Wow. I actually had two members of my own family come to me and kind of chastise me. And one of them was, hey, you know, my wife was totally happy with the house I built her. And now she wants a bigger house just because you went and oh my got God. rich and built a big house. You know, <laughs> got to laugh. <laughs> wow, Jeff. But you, listen, you, yeah. Here, here's the thing, Andy. Yeah. You need to do what makes you happy, what works for you, and that actually lifts up others. P other people might be very comfortable being unhappy because you're unhappy. So the two of you are unhappy. Fine. As soon as you're not unhappy anymore, what does it do to them? Yeah. They think, well, Jeff did something about it. I should do something about it. And the next thing you know, after they kind of bitch at you and they're mad at you, not very long later, they come and knock on your door and say, Hey, will you talk to me? What's this stupid seven secrets thing you're doing? And the next thing you know, your your family and your friends are doing way better, living a life that matches the life they really want to live. And that's right. what this is all about. Yeah. So don't be afraid to succeed. Don't be afraid to do this. And 
start having things change in your life. Because once you learn you're in control, you can even, like I did, slow it down a little bit if you have to. Yeah, yeah. I get Take it. it. I get it. Uh, Jeff, you were able to build an entire organization based on the premise of this transformation you speak about, this language of the gods and getting into a different place where you were in control of the lifestyle that you want. And you became a coach as well. What are some of the challenges that you face with the people that have become your clients in terms of getting them to go to that place where there is that transformation and they can now see a different lifestyle as a result of working on what you started? That's a great question. And I hope my answer doesn't come across as, uh, oh, geez, arrogant in any way, because I'm not. I've been given a gift, and I'm just trying to pass it on. But I don't have any trouble getting my clients to understand this and believe it because it's mm -hmm. real. If you want to be a coach and you want to share something, make sure it's not BS or you yeah. will be miserable. Yeah. Make sure it really works, that it's true and that you've done it and it worked for you. Then you have no problems. It's easy. It's fun. You're just teaching people to do what you've done and it will work for them if it worked for you. But if you're teaching BS, man, you're in for a very, very long haul. Wow. Yeah. Don't don't teach BS. You'll get yourself <laughs> in so much trouble. Yeah. That's like a cardinal sin. You can't do that. Absolutely not. Well, people do so, it, but then the refunds yeah, hit yeah, and it's just a mess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't want to go down that road at all. Hell nope. no. So tell us a bit about the imagination stuff. Okay, so if feelings are self-fulfilling prophecies, and I promise you they are, and you now know how that works, your subconscious mind hears your feelings, believes them, and then makes what it believes true in your physical reality. Okay. So right now, I guarantee that for most of your listeners, reality is dictating how they feel. So they look at how much money they have in the bank. They look at the stack of bills and they either feel good or they feel bad. But reality is telling them you're wealthy or you're not wealthy. Mm. Now, if you believe reality and you look to reality for your feelings, things are going to stay the same. Sometimes they even get worse because you start to worry and fret and you worry and and fear are emotions that your subconscious mind is listening to and remember when you do this these are literal commands to your subconscious mind to yeah. go get more things that match these feelings right so if you start to really fret about your finances you're literally saying hey see these feelings of worry concern fear Go bring things into my life that cause more of that. Wow. That's literally what you're doing. And please don't think of the mechanism that controls your life as a passionate being, a person that loves you or doesn't love you. It's none of that. It's a mechanism that can be programmed. And once programmed, it will carry out that program to exactness. Wow. 
Now, there are some fail safes built into it. If you start to sink too low and you get start getting too unhappy, your subconscious mind will feed you thoughts of, hey, dude, you need to do something different. You need to change the way you're thinking. You need to go talk to someone. It will start helping you. But again, it's not because it's a passionate entity. It's just that's how it's programmed. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to help you, but you need to understand that all of the frustration you've felt in the past, everything you point to that you could say was a failure on your part, that is all the concrete foundation upon which you're now ready to learn how to create. Hmm. And you need that. It's This is why I don't really ever teach this to teenagers, very, very rarely. It's always people in their late 30s, 40s, even 50s and 60s who have had a ton of difficulty, a nose full of difficulty. And when they hear this message, they think, what do I have to lose? I'm going to try this because yeah. the way I've been doing it hasn't been working. And then their life takes off. Wow. But one thing I didn't tell you that Musa learned is that, you know, he has a physical body and a spirit body, and it's the spirit body that has the life. And that's all that happens at death is that spirit body pops out of the physical body mm -hmm. because the physical body is no longer inhabitable due to right. injury or disease, whatever. Yeah. 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 But the spirit body keeps living. The physical just starts to deteriorate and it's worth mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. But Musa learned that he had a spirit body and that that spirit body is literally a child of God, okay. a child of two godly parents. Now, you can let that sit on you and think about uh -huh. it, but you're created by people who love you, spirit entities that love you. Mm -hmm. And you're here learning how to, well, what do children do? They grow up to yeah. be some version of their parents. Yeah. And your parents are creators. That's what they are. Yeah. And you're learning from the bottom up. Kind of the hard part, you know, starting out, you're learning how to be a creator. Wow. That's deep, 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 deep stuff, Jeff. Yeah. You have, you have to put on some safety stuff to dive to those. <laughs> yeah. Put on a snorkel and some fins. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I want to share something with you and I want to get your feedback on it. Because it is aligned with everything that you are saying thus far. Let's see if I can get it up. And there you go. Every successful person uses this, whether they know what they're doing. Use this formula to generate their success. Successful people live in a dream. Real life almost has nothing to do with it. They see themselves as a success in that area of life, and they live in those feelings. And they run this movie no matter what happens in their current reality. People who are wrapped up in feelings of success, it doesn't matter what aspect of life, they're looking for different things. They see different things. They ignore other different things. And over time, this 
movie they're running in their head becomes their reality. They don't accept anything else as they flood their subconscious minds with these feelings of success in this aspect of life. Their subconscious minds believe it and they go find that movie, that idea, that business partner. The subconscious mind brings that to you. <laughs> I was holding my breath, hoping I said things right, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the trick right there. You know, when I, I researched and I looked at that video, I realized that the simplicity of this thing is what makes people get scared. Hmm. It is what makes people get sort of phased out. Nah, it can't be that easy. And yeah. I think... To me, basically, that's one of the biggest challenge of man. Anything that has been too easy or too simple, not that it was as one, two, three. I mean, it took some work. It took some doing. And as you rightly said, it took some imagination and it took some dreaming. Yeah. But Jeff, people are afraid to dream. Yep. You why were taught. We, yeah. You why? were taught to stop it. I mean, uh, think about it. When you were a little boy, Andy... Yeah. You'd get lost in a make-believe world for hours at a time. It didn't matter what crappy rental your parents might have been living in at the time. That old shed in the back became your castle. That old fallen log was your horse. And you'd ride off as a knight, you know, saving the damsel in distress, whatever it was you were about. Okay, then you went to school. And if you were still daydreaming in school, the teacher would come and slap the ruler down on your desk and say, yeah. Andy, start living in reality. Yeah, yeah. You know, get out of your fantasy world. You mm. got to get with the program, Andy. Mm. And at some point you were even punished if you kept imagining and pretending and living in a make-believe world. Yeah. And you've heard a thousand times, hey, what you need is a dose of reality. No. You've had enough of that. Yeah. Your power is in make-believe. You have a superpower. That's your ability to imagine and pretend. Why? Because when you get lost in a beautiful daydream of having the things you want, you feel a portion of the feelings associated with that experience. Now, you know it's not real. It's just a daydream. You're just pretending. Mm-hmm. Hey, but what about the feelings that yeah, that yeah. generates? Are they real? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. they are. And your subconscious yeah. mind is listening and mm -hmm. believing them. Yeah. And Look, that's what matters. We can maybe leave it at this or keep going after this, but I wanted to kind of simplify it. Think about the fairy tale, Aladdin and the magic lamp. If feelings is the magic lamp, generating positive, ultra-positive, exciting, fun feelings gets the inner genie to go create a life full of fun and excitement and wealth. If that's true, and let's just assume it is for fun, then you can't look at reality to generate those kind of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you have to use your superpower to Im create big imaginary scenarios that get you feeling happy and excited and yeah. pumped up. Yeah.
Now, yeah, your subconscious mind will hear those feelings. It doesn't differentiate between an experience that happened to you in quote unquote real life or an experience that you're generating purely out of whole cloth in your imagination. In fact, you're doing that anyway. Every experience you have, you're using your imagination to give it value, to give it meaning, to fill in the blanks of stuff you don't know for sure. And that's why you can have people who see the same thing, the same experience, and they give different accounts of what happened and what it meant. Yeah. You're doing that now. So this isn't anything weird. It's just you're doing it with knowledge and understanding. Hey, Michael Jordan said something that I want to share with yeah. you once. And this blew my mind because I had I'd already become familiar with these concepts and was practicing them. Mm -hmm. He said that when he was nine years old, he would go out and shoot the ball and he'd try to get kind of far away and he would shoot the ball. And whether the ball went in or didn't go in, he would imagine that it went in and it was the game-winning shot. And everyone in this giant stadium that wasn't there, only in his yeah. imagination, yeah. would jump to their feet, clapping and cheering and chanting his name, Michael, Michael, Michael. And he wow. did that from that time on. And so what we see as people on the outside we saw him win a ton of games and make a lot of game-winning shots, but we also saw him lose games. Yeah. And he'd be very upset. Mm -hmm. hey, but that's what's going on in the physical realm. In his mind, he's always playing this movie yeah. of being the best basketball player in the world. Wow. And so reality goes up and down and up and down, but literally in a way michael didn't care about reality and i know that sounds strange but he was living in this movie that he never turned off of him being the greatest basketball champion ever yeah yeah and while reality is doing the ups and downs in the end it landed on michael jordan was the greatest basketball player to ever live so far in many people's opinion. Now, there are other grades too, yeah, but I yeah. promise you they're doing the same thing. They are. They are. As a matter of fact, uh, I studied intensively the lifestyle of Kobe Bryant. Yeah, there's another one. That, that guy was super amazing. From the age of six, he knew exactly what he wanted to be. Yep. Knew what he wanted to do. And he knew exactly how he wanted to do it. Everything was defined in his, in his mind. mind. Didn't yep. happen as yet, <laughs> but in his yep. mind, it was definable. Yep. And he pushed and pushed and pushed all the way to actualization. So I get it. You've got to ask yourself, where does motivation come from? Because Michael Jordan and... Kobe Bryant, they had this incredible vision of who they yeah. were, and that gave them unbelievable confidence because yes. they'd already succeeded in their mind. They their knew mind. Yeah. what yeah. they could do. Yeah. They'd kind of seen the future by imagining it, if you will. Exactly. Okay, but you still have to do it, right? That's right. That's right. Here's how that works. 
you flood your subconscious mind with positive feelings about this because of this movie you're running. Well, it believes them and now is going to make it real in the physical realm. How does it do that? Well, it speaks back to you in feelings and emotions and thoughts and ideas and impulses and promptings. And it leads you like a bull with a ring in its nose right to where it believes you're supposed to go by feeding you these nudges, if you will. And you act on these. When you get a thought accompanied by a strong feeling of urgency to do something about it, yeah, you do something, you act on yeah. your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And so your subconscious mind, once you get your magnificent obsession, you try on dreams until you've got the right ones that you can commit your life to. Now you're living that every day and experiencing the feelings of it. Your subconscious mind believes it. And like an inner genie, it already knows the perfect coach for you. It, it already knows what you should do to get there. And it will go make that stuff happen. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Jeff Buna, we have come to the end basically of this oh. amazing episode and we could go on and on and on. I'm sure yeah. there's so much but, to say. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is so deep. Fathomless. I would say fathomless. Here's the thing. I would give you the opportunity now to share your information, how people can make contact with you. We'll also do some of that in the edited version of the publicized episode when that happens, but go ahead, let them know. Okay. My whole goal is to get this book out to as many people as I can so that I can retire at some point, but this is fun for me. So if you go to Sultan seven secrets, that's mm -hmm. sultans and the number seven secrets.com. Mm -hmm. You can access the book for free. It's a video book. It's me reading the book. And I also ad lib a little bit and add some things in that are not in the book. Yeah. And that's absolutely free. You can access that and start listening to the book. And you could be speaking the language of the gods like tonight and all day tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I promise you will prove to yourself that this works if you'll do that. Okay. You can also go to amazon.com and buy a hard copy, a, you know, a, it's, it's paperback, but it's the hard copy of my book and it's a number one best-selling book. And that's for 19 bucks. I think a lot of people like having a hard copy, yeah. but you don't have to spend a nickel to get started if you want to go get the book. And listen, if you're, if you're listening to this, it's because you want more of something. Yeah. Right, You want more love, you want more money, better health, better fitness, happiness in general. You want more of something. And that something already exists out there somewhere. Mm. But your subconscious mind is not going to bring that to you. It's not going to have your paths cross yeah. until it believes that you're ready for it, that, that that would be congruent with the role you're playing and the things you're supposed to be learning. And it doesn't decide that. You do. You get to decide what you're ready to learn. Uh -huh. But uh -huh. as soon as you tell it, command it, in the only language it obeys, the language of feelings, it will go bring those things to you. And weird things will happen. You'll miss your flight 
and be maybe even upset about that. But when you get on the next flight, you'll sit down and strike up a conversation with the guy next to you that can make your dreams happen. That's uh -huh. the guy. That's yeah. the guy that the only way you'd ever met him is by missing your flight and sitting down next to him on yeah. the next flight. Wow. Things like that will happen and you'll learn to spot these coincidences and they turn into evidence as you see, look back over the months and years, you'll see so clearly how your subconscious mind has led you into a life that matches your predominant feelings. And yeah. if you'll seize control of those feelings and make them really positive, really fun, adventurous, exciting, wealthy, that's the life you're going to get. And I promise you that. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna send you a note in the chat. John Campbell says intentionality is a great thing. Oh so yes. Somebody somebody's paying attention, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Listen, remember how you imagined and pretended as a little kid? You just declared what you were. Okay, I'm yeah. the king, or I'm the sheriff, or I'm the princess. Yeah. And then off you went being that. That intentionality declarations just saying that's me that's my life i choose right now that's my life yeah well done john <laughs> i'm sure he received that so we have come to the end of this amazing episode i think it has been more instructional and informational than anything that we have had for quite a while and we will give you that information as to how you can make contact with jeff and how you can get his book from Amazon as well. Remember, the three watchwords, health, happiness, and prosperity. That's what we stand here for on Andy's personal development. And on behalf of our guest, Jeff Buner, and all our listeners, our tribe, our people, we're saying so long. Until next time, take care of yourselves. And remember, your story matters because it is yours. Godspeed. Shalom. Namaste. Bye for now, guys.